Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 277. We're back to the normalcy that is going back and forth between video games and board games and me blocking out our windows by trying to open stuff. Uh, my name is Stephen Dutzman. I am our host as always, and it's board game week, so I'm joined by one of my very best friends in the whole wide world who I have not seen in forever. And by forever, I mean since days. Saturday. Um, <laughs> Linda Robel. Linda, how are you? I'm doing really well. It was good. It has been so great to get together in person. Can I just say? Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Modern Medicine and our uh, triple vaccines and all that (laughs) so we can actually safely gather and do the good work that Engage Family Gaming requires. Um, And by good work, I mean, we played board games for many, many hours. Uh, It was great because we got a lot of opportunity uh, to play some stuff, some of which we might talk about today, but we're actually going to be playing a little bit of catch up um, for the first time, we have more games to talk about than we do time. We're actually going to talk about the games that we played on New Year's because some of them are just so cool. We don't want to miss it. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about like the big news of the hour. And that is the New York Toy Fair has been canceled um, for this know, year. Huge. <laughs> that was announced. Uh, I think it was this week, late last week. Very recent. Um, and last week you texted me like, check, yeah. your, check your email. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it made our decision very easy because there we there's no point going to a toy fair that doesn't exist. So, uh, what that means for us um, is there won't be toy fair coverage from Engage Family Gaming for another year, which is super a bummer. Uh, that'll make it. This will be three years in a row of no toy fair. No. Two oh, years in a row of no toy fair. The last thing we went was right before the world blew up. That's true. It was the last thing we did, and it was probably <laughs> not smart, but we did we it didn't anyway. Know. Yeah, we, we didn't know. Had no we had, idea. We were. Remember when we, we were, were like things. Remember when we thought ignorant. exactly. Remember <laughs> we were like, all right, listen, we're gonna go. We're gonna lock down for a couple of weeks, and we'll be back for summer. And then we didn't know. So the um, that's just how it all works, right? So um, so are. this will be our second year with no toy fair coverage. Yeah. We're not. We're kind of bummed. However. The thing that actually gives me a little bit of hope is I actually got an email from uh, the the Toy Association uh, and they indicated that the press room is still going to be open uh, and they're going to be the the companies were already starting. Like I was getting emails already from breaking games and other companies looking to set up appointments. Um, And we're going to be reaching out to those companies to get the coverage that we want anyway. So we're going to just we're going to get together that weekend um, and we're going to kind of manufacture our own toy fair and, you know, try and find the information. It's out there um, between Board Game Geek and the Toy Fair press room and these individual companies. We're just by hook or by crook. We're going to get the information that we need uh, because as Linda has said, she really engineers a lot of our board game coverage over the course of a year on what we see at Toy Fair because Toy Fair is so monumental. Um, it really is the anchor of our information. Yeah, exactly. And so um, we're going to try and get that firm foundation and um, you know do as much as we can there. So 
as much as Toy Fair is canceled, uh, we're still going to be trying to gather the information. We're going to focus all our sleuthing on that one day. We might get an intern for Linda to help try and, you know, use the Google machine. Um, I've got some suggestions uh, to try and get that done. Um, and, you know, we're going to we're going to make it work. I mean, the, the, the companies want to give us the information. Um, they really do. So we're just going to be asking the question. So if you have uh, tips or things that you want us to look for, et cetera, please uh, throw them in the comments here or, you know, leave the comments in the Engage Family Gaming community page. And we will do the sleuthing as it were, because, um, you know, it's 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 convention season somehow. Um, E3 was canceled, too. <laughs> so um, we got no E3. We got no Toy Fair. But we're still getting together this summer um, and we're still getting together for Toy Fair. So we're just going to make it work either way. Um, it's just what we're just we're willing these events into existence, even if it's just us. Right. So um, what do you so I mean, that we're, we're just yeah, we're stubborn we like that. We are. I mean, I'm honestly thinking we get together a list of publishers and we start hitting their PR people up, too. I mean, as much as we can. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And I think uh, I think that'll work out great. Um, don't mind me. I am bringing up our own channel so I can actually see and confirm that we are live. That's a good plan. Make sure the audio is actually on. <laughs> um, well, I can see that because I actually did an audio check this time. I'm a professional. Uh, oh, um, these fancy schmancy. I did an actual audio check before we went live. <laughs> so, all right. Before now that we have. All right. Great. Thank you, Mega Mom. Um, and also, I uh, confirm and Mega Mom, welcome to 2022. Yay. Um, it is the EFG show. Oh, and we got Gato Logic uh, from the Deep South. Uh, thank you for the so, TikTok follow. Thank you. Hey, thank you for <laughs> so that. That's another thing to talk about. Uh, TikTok is is <laughs> going big for both of us. You're on TikTok. Uh, I am on TikTok, so thank you everybody who has been following and liking and commenting. Uh, we're we're putting up at least, I mean, at this point, you and I are putting up, you know, at least five or six videos combined a week. Um, I have been sneaking in some videos um, while I'm 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 substitute teaching now, which is not something I ever thought I would do. I never thought I would do this. Um, and so, but what happens is, um, being that I'm a sub, like I don't have like contracted hours where I have to stay a certain amount after school. So when the bell rings, I'm like a You're kid, out. I can get out. So what I, but I, but, but, but Jenna's my ride <laughs> and she has to stay <laughs> until three. Go. So I've been going to the car and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make TikToks. And today I made probably the wildest TikTok I ever made when I talked about, oh. Activision Blizzard being purchased by Microsoft, which is something we are going to talk all over the place on Thursday for the EFG show. Um, Jeff Walker, uh, welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. But, sir, can you, you see my name spelled every day on Facebook? <laughs> and that is about as bad as anyone has ever spelled it. Um, and they call me Mr. D. Um, at school. That is how I am introduced. I am Mr. D. Um, and what's really funny um, is that these teachers keep trying to like get the kids to connect me as they say, oh, do you remember the secretary downstairs? This is her husband. And they really don't care. Like they really don't. These are high school students. They get, they just, <laughs> they just, 
they don't care at all. No, um, they really don't it was care. Elementary school that blow their mind. They would be like, if they whoa. Were six, they would be like, <gasps> no. um, but at least at least they're big enough. You don't have to deal with what I had to when I was subbing, and I had a little preschooler come up and poke me right in the rump. Teacher, teacher. Yeah, no, none of that. None of that. There is no being poked in the rump. Got a logic. Nope. Um, it is absolutely huge news. Arguably the biggest news of the year. Um, all right, it's fine. You're typing on a PS5 holding your baby. I will allow it. <laughs> um, but I'm Mr. D. Um, make it easy. I'll just make it super easy on you. Um, uh, Gatologic is the biggest news of the year. It's not even close. At the end of the year, I'm going to be like, yeah, remember that time Microsoft bought Activision? If nothing else, it was for $68 billion. Again, this is board games. We'll talk about... We'll put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that. How about this? This was so big, I told Linda about it and she understood it. I mean, that says something. That is a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, I texted Jenna about it and she was like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Like, this is... it's a it is, yeah, it's absolutely a big deal. And I don't mean that like in a diminishing way that like but like if I was like, well, Square Enix um, purchased a small indie label like nobody. Linda's just like, whatever, I don't care. But like when I'm like Activision Blizzard, she knows who she knows who they are. Um, really do. So um, and we're going to talk about that on the EFG show. Lots of implications, lots of fallout. I believe I'm just going to say I will say quickly, I think it's all good news. Um, I don't think this is there are some folks that are disappointed. They don't like consolidation between big companies. And I can understand that. Um, I, I think sometimes the, these things are unavoidable. Um, yeah. And as Jeff said, forget, wow, they own Candy Crush now. Um, and Candy Crush is the thing. Everybody keeps like throwing Candy Crush in that deal as like this little deal. Like, it's just no big deal. Like, oh, well, they get Candy Crush. No, they got King, which is which makes Candy Crush and a whole bunch of other really amazing mobile games. And Microsoft has not been able to been able to compete on a mobile space ever. And now they can. So that's for Thursday. We're going to talk all about it. It is wild. Amanda and I are scheduled to talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. So I'll be able to kind of put some things together. Suffice it to say, holy crap, it's the biggest news in video games all year. And it is there's nothing will come close it's madness. I, I don't even, I don't even know. Um, yep. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, yes. Save comments and, and questions. I mean, if you have questions, <laughs> leave them in the engaged family gaming community. Um, and we'll have them and I will answer them. Um, man, $68 billion is a lot of money. I just can't even, I just can't even. Anyway. Um, speaking of Microsoft, um, I want to talk about Cuphead. I'm just going to get right into it. What? So, um, Spoilers. the op. It's good. Spoilers. This is very good. Uh, so, the op. Yeah, so board games. Um, the op sent me a whole, a big old box of games uh, towards the end of last year. And, like, when I say a big old box, I mean it was awkward to bring into the house. Um, and, uh, and really, all I had asked them for was... Cuphead, the fast rolling dice game, and it is. Uh, I, I was very excited about it when I saw it. I saw some other people doing previews, and let me tell you, uh, this lived up to the hype. Um, Cuphead, the fast rolling dice game, is a cooperative 
dice game. And the best way that I can describe it, Linda, you played it with me. This is very similar to like Tenzi with stats. Because really, you are roll, you are given and you choose a time limit. And we we chose the easy mode time limit. And we really didn't have a lot of time. Um, it has like an app where you can it has a timer and it plays really cup heady music and it uh and you have to roll dice to try and get symbols to try and uh work together with all the other people at the table to defeat a boss if you defeat the boss you get to move on um you earn you earn coins based on your performance they can help you buy loot so it actually has i i don't want to call it a legacy system because you're not tearing anything up but what it does and i'm opening this box um excuse you box um, you play with these absolutely adorable player boards. Um, and these are the places that you put the die, like as you're completing them, um, you know, you have places for life tokens and so you have Cuphead and Mugman and, uh, Miss Chalice, who is, uh, from the, the DLC. Um, and then, uh, Elder Kettle, who I also believe is in the DLC. So it's up to four players, uh, which is awesome. We love a good four player cooperative game. Um, and it is fully cooperative, no PVP here. Um, and the idea is you're rolling dice. Um, and what I really like is you actually have save sheets. Now you can't really read this because the light's reflecting, but the idea is, um, you can put your name on it and you can say, you know, out of the eight stages, you can record your score. Because you actually score, but the app will actually score you and give you a letter grade based on, you know, how many hit points you have left and, you know, whatever. Um, it's very cool. It's very cool. It comes with a, you know, pretty full pad and really it's not hard to, you know, keep track of the information. Um, but it's as you like the crew has the crew has something like that, too, because yeah. it's not legacy, but it lets you track your progress over time. So, yeah, it's nice and to have that. So this is the first boss. And the first boss is labeled one. You open it and it's got the first boss. It's actually one of the bosses from the game. And when you finish that, you open up deck two. And when you finish that one, deck three. And eventually you open up deck seven and look at this box. So what's really interesting about this is, you know, as you progress, the game gets more and more complicated. They add new mechanics um, and they even have achievement cards which are envelopes that we have yet to open um and so for example uh open this envelope if you have earned at least three a plus scores on levels or open this envelope if you earn an a plus on an airplane level which i'm guessing Ooh. some of these will be airplanes right um we did and not get that far. So no, we did not. We, we we played and we finished through um you know the first boss battle a bunch of times. We were rotating a couple of different players through. This is one of those games that I I firmly believe we're going to have to um just spend a day just playing this game um to try and get all the way through it and I am very excited about that. Um but this is absolutely cool. It is available right now. Um and let's see where is it? available excuse me the one thing I didn't look is where you get the thing mm. uh, bear with me everybody here we're going to go over to the cuphead on the board game geek um, and let's see here 
Oh, well, it's available on Amazon right now. Um, and you can get it for, it retails for about 50 bucks. Um, which honestly, uh, absolutely worth it. Lots of cool pieces, especially if you like Cuphead. Um, Cuphead is a video game. It's an indie game. Uh, it's published by Microsoft. It's available on Xbox and also on PC and on Switch. And it is, um, mega hard platformer that is hand animated to look like a 1920s you know that era of cartoon and um it is super difficult but it is one of those everything's based on patterns so it's not random so you can learn it as you play so if you like that style of thing this is definitely a game i would look have people look into i know i talk about being hilariously bad at games even i was able to get af- get through the first island and finish i think there were six bosses that i was able to beat myself um you know and it just took a little bit of time and Maybe a little bit of uh, walking away from the controller a few times. Um, so uh, if you like that, uh, this board game is certainly something to give a look to. Um, if you're looking for a dice rolling game that is cooperative, it is a little bit of a bigger box, but I dig it. And if you do like Cuphead... There's a Netflix show coming next month, and the trailer just dropped, so I would encourage everybody to take a look at it. The cartoon looks amazing. Um, it is you know, a little bit more modern than, say, you know, the, the game itself, but I, I think that's fine. You know, what are you going to do? Enjoy the show. I mean, yeah, that's... Potentially. That, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. So, what are you doing? You know, I'm just recording a podcast and my, my middle son is ripping up couch cushions you can look for and throwing them at my wife. What, do, do you need me to take a minute? No. Okay. Fine. Um, There's something in the air. It's been wild and crazy at school, too. So. Yeah. So, so that's <laughs> Cuphead. Waxing. That's Cuphead. Wait, yeah, it you, was a blast to play. Do you have any interest in playing the Cuphead video game? No. Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> no. But, sorry. I'll watch you play. I'll yeah. sit and I'll watch. No. <laughs> no, I don't think you want to watch me play. It's very frustrating. I'm very slow. Um, That's fair. That was a turn. Um, yeah. Everybody. I, I. I don't know. I figured. You know. Is it, was the was the board game going to be like the gateway to getting Linda into Cuphead? And it turns out it's not. She just wants to play the Cuphead board game, and I'll that's okay. Game. I'll play the board game. Um, and it plays like the, the Tenzi comparison is uh, because it's really a lot of you have to pick your dice up and the turns are like 15 or 30 seconds like you really gotta really fast go and assign your dice to try and deal with the attacks it's it's crazy um so that's really? i lost one of my dice mid-roll i went them rolled away on the floor i didn't bother going to get it because i didn't have time it was faster to just keep rolling what i had left yep Oh yeah, there was no way you had time nope. uh, to go get it. I mean, you could, you played it off the floor, um, nope. but I couldn't see it. Oh, you couldn't see it. All right, so so that is uh, my first game that I wanted to talk about. That's Cuphead, the fast rolling dice game. It's available on Amazon, forty nine ninety nine. I think it is well worth it if it meets some of those, uh, especially if you're a fan of Cuphead. Um, I think this fits that theme very well, um, and I am. I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan. So thank you to the op for sending this to us. Um, I, I think I would have found a way to get this into my house, even if they had not sent it so graciously. Um, so yeah, it is, 
says it's 20 minutes. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, but you could easily play this for a whole afternoon because of, you know, the, the challenge and unlocking the different levels. Right. Linda, what did you want what, what, what game did you want to talk about today? I definitely want to talk about the Kickstarter that I had written about last year and then the game I backed it and brought it to New Year's. Uh Freya. Okay. Is the game. So I did um I did do an article about it and that was oh, it feels like forever ago. When did that come out? Of course I've got this up and I don't see a date on it. Oh, that's right. Dates are at the bottom. But the the Kickstarter Went lot, it was in the spring last year, so April to May it ran. So the article came out right around when it was live. And what Freya is, it's this little tiny box of a card game. And the cards are four different colors. It is a competitive stacking game. And so the premise of it is you are stacking these cards. And when you place them down, what you're laying on top of must match exactly. So you're not, it's not, you have to match one part of it if you're covering, because it's stacking, whatever they're, um, let me go back and explain it. Each card has four colors on it and it may be the same color in multiple spots. It could be one card that's all one color, it could be all different colors and you start stacking them up on each other and whatever you cover, it must match exactly underneath, which yep. makes it super challenging. And as yeah. you're going, you're... Yeah. And so we played it four player. And the idea is to be the first one out mm -hmm. to get rid of the cards in your hand. And there's mechanics for when you, how many you pick up, how many you can put down, whether you have to draw or not draw. And the idea is to get rid of all your cards because you want to have the fewest of your color showing. So as people go out, you count how many of their color are visible mm -hmm. and you try to get the lowest score. So it behooves you to try to just get your hand emptied fastest. Yep. Um, and that made it, I think, was it you that went out first on um, the second time we played it? Whoever went out first, like their score was hugely lower than mm -hmm. anyone else's. Yeah. And it made um, such a huge difference. It's, it is a, I remember the first time I played it, I didn't realize that I was playing for the lowest score and that probably hurt me a little bit. Uh, it certainly uh, helped on further play playthroughs. One of the things that helped me was when I actually read the rules, they refer to them um, not as four squares, but as four corners. Um, because the idea is um, it's like the square of a, like the patch of a quilt. And so um, the idea that you are kind of putting it down and covering a red corner with a red corner and either, but you can't, you have to be careful when you do that because you can't cover up other cards unless the colors also match. That little piece means that slowly over time, this monstrosity, especially if you're playing a four-player game, um, gets big. Um, but the the real the 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 real like awesome move, uh, and this is the only way to get it so that you can actually put your cards down and not have to draw another one is if you can actually put one of your cards down and match all four corners based on what someone else did. Um, and that is so satisfying where you're like, I have, you know, a blue, a yellow and two reds and someone through shenanigans, you know, playing about this field plays out the cards in such a way that that you can put down your four cornered card um, and match that. That is super satisfying and in a way that I really haven't felt in similar games before. 
I think this is super neat. Um, you know, we're going to have a like a formal review up on the website at, very soon, uh, I think. And uh, I think this is and, and we definitely do. We have pictures up on the Instagram of this one yet. Yes, there is. Okay. I did put one picture up on the Instagram. And then if you go to the Engage Family Gaming website, there is the Kickstarter of the Week feature where I talked to the or I interviewed like virtually the over the Googles. Um, Willie is the let me make sure I get his name. Willie Yonkers. Um, and he is the designer and um, his company is Cube Fire. Um, and he's the one. So people that know me well know I am obsessed with this small business clothing line that the woman that Savah has the company that I'm obsessed with. And this gentleman, Willie used to work with the owner of Svaha when think geek was in business. They worked together at think geek when that closed, Gail went off and did these other wonderful creative things. So she opened a clothing line. He's designing games now. So it's a really cool story. And that's how I found out about it. Okay. So it's kind of a neat, just wacky connection. Um, Audience, tell me if I'm crazy. Is Willie Yonkers not like the coolest board game designer name like just ever? Can I just say that? Like, am I am I out of line? If I am, feel free to tell me. But I feel like I'm speaking the truth. It just feels, feels like, like a name that should be in a novel. It feels like, yeah, but it, it just feels like a perfect board game designer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just sounds fun. Um, and this game is cool. Definitely take a look at the Instagram. I have a feeling we will be playing this again at our next board game day just so we can take more pictures of it. Because every time it comes to the table, it just looks cool because it's this wild patches of color everywhere. Um, and it's and also it a fast color- play. It is. And it's colorblind friendly. There's designs on each. Oh, yep, color absolutely. Distinctive. So he was very conscientious. A uh, cool fun fact on the Kickstarter, he made a tactile version. It was very costly, but meant for the visually impaired that the, even having the distinctive color lines, it was not going to be enough. So it was all sensory based. Uh, um, that is actually pretty is awesome. Really cool. So, uh, Gatologic uh, throwing the uh, he's out of line, but he's right line, which arguably one of the best memes to come out of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so well played. Thank you very much. Um, so that is Freya. Uh, like I said, keep your eye. If you follow us on Instagram, you will see more pictures of that. Cause I think that's one of those ones that just always looks cool. Um, and it plays very fast. That's one of the things that I really liked about it. It was a very quick play. Um, so we'll, we'll, we will be showing that one. Um, can we, I just want to revisit ice cool. Cause we actually, um, on our game day on Saturday, your son held court and reminded, uh, my two older sons about ice cool. Um, and because it had been a while and you have the sequel. So you have high school and high school too, where you kind of assemble this massive high school with like a inner hallway that moves and all sorts of stuff. And he got them and they got super competitive and then they got blown out of the water by my nine-year-old. Just absolutely just, she just bossed them right out. Um, and they were not prepared for her to just absolutely crush them. And lies, dad. Those are lies. <laughs> Those are lies? You mean she that you were terrible. prepared for her to crush you? She was terrible. We just gave her pity points. Oh, uh, oh, okay. They gave I call shenanigans points. on that. I, I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it is so Ice Cool is a flicking game where you are penguins in a frozen high school trying to catch fish. That's it. 
Um, and the idea is us? you're flicking the penguins through doorways to try and have them catch fish through the doorways. The trick is if you can make them jump over walls, they can defy the laws of physics because, of course, they do. Um, and uh, the kids were practicing trick shots and doing crazy stuff. Um, I struggle with ice school because I hurt myself because I flick them too hard. Um, but the kids were managing it. They're either tougher than I am, which I think is possible, or they just have a gentler touch. It's possible. Um, but it is it's wild watching these kids play um, and the the seeing that kind of competition come through in this really cool looking game when it's all put together, it really took over that tape folding table in your uh, spare room in this room that in that <laughs> room, the table I am set up at right at this moment. And I, so if you're looking for an interesting dexterity game, I definitely think you should look into ice cools. If you like flicking games, that type of, or if you think you might, I think ice cool is worth a look. There's YouTube videos all over the place. Um, so if you, if you're questioning kind of what we're talking about, just take a look on the, um, on YouTube, you will find plenty of them and it'll give you a good idea as to whether or not something you like. Um, the theme is silly. Um, and it really is just meant to be just wild. And there is so much skill involved. You know, when we saw we went to Toy Fair, we saw one of their PR people showing us all manner of stupid tricks. It was. Um, So really good at it. Yeah, absolutely. As they should be. As they should be. If you're doing it all day. Yeah, exactly. So um, what game did you want to talk about next, Linda? So I wanted to talk about Shifting Stones because we had seen this at Toy Fair before the world blew up. And that was that was one of the ones we were very excited for. So what Shifting Stones is, it's from Game Right, one of our favorites. It is a nine tile game. Yep. So it, they're it. double-sided, heavy-duty tiles. They're real satisfying feeling. You lay them down, and everyone's dealt out a couple cards, and the cards have different patterns of these tiles on them. Mm-hmm. Not the whole nine. It's Maybe it's three. Maybe it's two. Maybe some are horizontal. Some are vertical. There's different ones. Maybe it's just the four corners. So, And the idea is you are trying to match whatever it's showing on your card exactly. And show those in those locations. And you can only do certain changes to these tiles to try to get where you need to go. You, know, you can trade spots. You can reverse them. Um, there's a couple of things you can do, but you're sacrificing cards for it. So you have to be very strategic in what you're doing. Yep. And of course, you only can do one thing, maybe two. And it, unless it gets you where you need to go, it's going around. Other changes are being made. So you can have this great plan. Oh, I want to get to this. And then the thing you need moves halfway across the board by the time your turn comes around and you can't do it that time. So it was a ton of fun. And like Game Right does, the rules were very simple. It was very quick to learn, but I could see this being a hard to master game. Yeah, this is one of those games that when I, I saw you set it up, and you were teaching, so we played a four-player game um, to start with, and you were teaching the other two players, and I was off doing something else. I don't know if I was talking to someone else or eating something. I don't know. Maybe all of the above. All and the so above. I watched you you know, teach, and I was overwhelmed until I sat down and saw someone take literally a turn. 
one turn. Yep. One. This is, and I love one turn teachers. I think that's like a like a category. We should make a list of them. Um, literally, game. It's a game that you can teach by taking one turn. Um, what I really thought was satisfying was the idea. Of, so you have your cards in hand, and they are both your um, scoring mechanism, but also your resources to kind of control the amount of moves that you make and that is so cool um because you really have to you know you you have to score these cards but you need them to move stuff around very cool shifting stones is um it's a game right game it is uh currently available let's see here um i'm looking over on the board game geek right now to see where we're at right now, it's about $28 on Amazon. Um, it is worth every penny. Oh, good. Um, and if you hear a voice in the background, that is my oldest. He has decided to play Minecraft very loudly. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so shifting stones just to get the, I think I can actually drag an image in here. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, so that is, for those of you interested to see what it looks like, those are the tiles in the center. Um, they have like a, I mean, they're, when Linda said that they're very satisfying to, uh, you know, kind of hold in your hand and move around, these are not the kind of tiles uh, that are just going to bend after a few uses. These things are solid. Um, they're not plastic. They're still cardboard, but they're, they are solid. They're the heavy chipboard. They're yeah, exactly. Heavy. So these are nice. Um, the the uh, the the colors are clear. Um, and but even if you are colorblind, um, they obviously have a very you know a pattern on them that makes it easier to take a look at. So I yeah. definitely um, you know definitely recommend this one. Let me go ahead. The and- other thing they give you, which is so helpful, is on the turn order or the. T- the little card, the little cheat card that tells you what you can do on your turn, it also has on that card what's the reverse. So if you're looking at, say, the picture of the fish, what's on the back of that? And so you don't have to remember it. You can look at the little code and it'll show you what it reverses to so you can plan better and then have somebody mess up your plan. Oh, inevitably have someone mess up my plan. I, inevitably. I, I was enraged playfully so by <laughs> my wife's betrayal because I was playing and she I had the beautiful play and all I needed was to get past her and it, it she absolutely just took what was going to be like this game winning master stroke and I I couldn't even do anything I, I think I, I, I was just I felt very betrayed and personally attacked. <laughs> um, and this is, like we said, this is easy to teach. And it is, um, you know, uh, so I, I certainly welcome it to the table. Um, can we talk about Block Nest, though? Oh, yes, we need to. This is one of those games I knew was going to be my jam from the moment you talked about it. You brought it up on uh, you brought it up on a show. It's something that we definitely wanted to take a look at. Um, and Block Ness. Now that I know that I can drag images right on here, let me just go ahead and grab it. Block Ness is a, a game where the board is, it's kind of like a pegboard. And the idea is you are 
Um, uh, each player is a different color uh, Loch Ness monster. And uh, at the end of the game, um, you uh, your situation looks like this. Uh, where you are kind of passing over and under your opponents and your you know head is in one place and your tail's in another. And the idea is every turn um, you have to uh, place one of your pieces that are all of various elevations next to either the head or the tail of your dragon um, or of your, you know, Loch Ness monster. And the rule is you can't go under... Or th- the only way to go through your opponent is to go over them. So you want it. it you can't want be the to same. Right. exactly. So you want to be kind of avoiding them, um, and you want to uh, be kind of holding off on your taller pieces to kind of you know kind of deal with your opponent getting in your way, a la those Tron light cycles. You know what I mean? Like this feels like um, that. That's what it felt like to me. You know, where like you're going in a straight line and they're like running in front of you and dodging out of the way. Uh, we played this in mixed company. It was you and me um, and the Littles, you know, yeah. um, and it was uh, they they took to this very quickly. We both got just blown up um, as as, as makes a great game. <laughs> and um, the idea is what you do, what you want to do is play all your pieces. Um, and it is very easy to get to the point where you can't play your last piece uh, because you right. there's you know, so it, this looks super cool. It is absolutely fun to watch it grow. Um, and the the pieces the pieces were fun to fidget with in between turns. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Right. And what's really cool because we played at max player count, yeah. use the whole board. If you do a smaller player count, use smaller sections of the board so it does limit you so just because you only play a two-player game doesn't mean you have the whole space yeah so a really cool mechanic if you look at the picture i don't know if i can zoom in this is this is a new thing i didn't realize that i could just drag drag links onto obs how mad you can see it okay even i've got it small on my phone and you can see the color distinction you can see if if i I zoomed in as much as i could if you look at it so it gets a little darker in towards the center of the board and at lower player counts it actually kind of shrinks your play area um the intention is it forces you to go over other people you must pvp as it were um you can't avoid each other forever you can try but eventually you're gonna have to go over and under (laughs) um which i think is super cool design um i love it when games are because this is a super you know area denial and you know like this kind of stuff is not new but i love it when uh games kind of take a unique approach and i love games where the board is in the box because this right. little pegboard is just in the box. You take these pieces out and kind of put them underneath it. Um, um, and so here we go. Let me uh, delete that image. And here we go. Um, so that is Block Ness. It is, uh, let me get back here. It is currently available, or is it? Um, came out in 2021. Is it not available? Um, I'm checking it too. 
Oh, it is. It's on the Amazons for twenty seven ninety nine. Okay, so it's just maybe the the link isn't on yeah, here. No. Um, I went right to the Amazons per the Amazons at this moment twenty seven ninety nine, um, and totally worth it. I mean, this yeah. is one if if you can grab it. So much fun. Um, it says ages eight and up, but there's no reading, so I could see this one scaling down so easily. Absolutely, I think the, the hardest part would be dexterity. You know, getting the oh, pieces sure. into the pegs, um, but. Which is actually I, good for them. Which you're right. You are right. You are right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Got to sneak in that teacher talk. Honestly, this is, I mean, I fidgeted with this game when we were done. I was just playing with this game and, you know, building dragon trains or whatever while when we were done. Just because I wanted to play around with the pegboard. Um, it's cool looking. The cover is adorable. And we played in mixed company and it was competitive the whole way through. And that's not easy to do for board games. Like sometimes it's a game for the kids and we kind of had to throttle back. I'm not going to lie. I was trying to win. I wanted to beat those little kids. I was not (laughs) going to let them win. Um, I was, I was not given the choice. They just got me. So, so that's block. That is a block Ness. Um, one more Linda. Oh, I got the perfect one. It's another game. bring Bring us home. Abandon all artichokes. Abandon all artichokes. You have to. It yep. has been so popular. It has been award-winning. Yep. In fact. And it's one of those, I had bought it, and then life was lifey, and we didn't get it to the table. And we didn't get mm-hmm. it to the table. And we finally, at New Year's, got this to the table. And I couldn't believe, like, I knew it was going to be a great game. We had a demo to Toy Fair way back in the day. It feels like a bazillion years ago. And... It was even better than I was expecting, which doesn't happen when it's all hyped up and, you know, you know, it's won awards and things like that. Yep. But so good. So Abandoned All Artichokes has the cutest premise. It is a deck deconstruction game, which sounds so complicated. But all it is, is you start your hand of cards only has artichokes in it to start. And the idea is you go through your turn and you're drawing cards and you're discarding them to your personal pile. You're doing the deck building normal strategies. The idea is you want to get rid of those artichoke cards so that when you draw cards at the end of your turn from your personal deck, if you have zero artichokes in your hand, you can declare abandon all artichokes and you win the game. Yep. So it's just it's super easy premise. I love how game right again, we, we rave about them, but they took this complicated idea of deck deconstruction mm-hmm. and made it such an approachable game. Like, yeah. You know, very easy to learn. Yeah, very absolutely. Good. So I put a little image. Uh, this is from Toy Fair, actually. Um, and it is a kind of an idea of this is what the components look like. It you know, the box is like this little tin that's shaped like an artichoke. The idea is in a deck building game, you always start with your basic deck, right? You'll start with five of, you know, five of, a, you know, you start with five, you know, one damage cards and five monies or whatever, right? Like you always start with those. And then over time, those games incentivize you to remove those cards from the game so that you can be more likely to draw stuff. Um, in um so but it's not required right like you could still play with those and they're still fine this game requires it and so everything is built around pitching those older cards and that the that is that kind of changes things a bit um also 
and this is a big one. Um, in those in those other games where you're building decks, etc., those cards at least do something, right? When you draw an artichoke in this game, it's it's bad. You don't want that. Do in fact, it actually can make you vulnerable to stuff from other players, etc. So. Um, this is way too cute for as cutthroat of a game as this is. Um, <laughs> right. And we have seen this game played uh, and in, it's, we've seen it played in mixed company. And it's another one that I think kids might have an advantage because they don't get too cute with this um, because I definitely got beat up because I tried to get cute. So I was like, oh, I know how to play deck. I know how to do this deck game. I can do this. And then I lose to an eight year old. Which is the best thing when you're playing a game with mixed family. Yep. Absolutely. When the kids legit can take you on. Yeah. It's so much fun. Absolutely. You know. Man, we talked about a lot of games today, Linda. We really did. <laughs> really did. Oh, um, this is and, so good to be back to talking about like games that we person. have played <laughs> as opposed to games that we may be talking about, maybe playing theoretically. Uh, what a wonderful uh, a, a experience. Thank you, Modern Medicine. Um, yes. So, um, everybody, this has been our this has been our first real board game episode of 2022. I can't believe I'm saying those numbers out loud. No. Uh, okay. Next week is video game week. Um, Amanda and I will obviously um, we'll have stuff to talk about. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> we live in a, we live in a weird, weird world. Um, but, um, I just want to let you guys know, this is not the last piece of Engage Family Gaming content on this here Twitch channel. I will be back on Thursday for the EFG show. Jeff has been here. Uh, he has been, uh, holding his child and watching the content. And I certainly appreciate that, Jeff. Thank you very much. You don't have to say anything because um, I know it's hard to type with a PlayStation controller. Somebody get that man a Bluetooth keyboard or a USB keyboard. Make it a little bit easier for him. Um, so we'll be back on Thursday and then I'll be back on Monday. We're actually doing something new. We're playing. We're, we're doing the World of Warcraft streams again. We brought them back. And now um, rather than running old stuff, we're actually uh, we've teamed up with some of the members of my guild and we're running new content that is hard um, so we are um, slowly exploring what the current game has for us and dragging my friend Dana along for the ride. Um, and it is a, a little bit more fun, a little bit more wild. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to see what this game has to offer. Also, it's an excuse to do current content with my friend who I don't get to do very often. So we're 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 milking it for all it's worth I'm calling it New Year, New Nafina. As that is her shaman's name. Um, so if you want to see New Year, New Nafina episode one, that will be on our YouTube channel. Um, and episode two will uh, be filmed live next Monday as we start doing more. Uh, they're called Mythic Keystones. And it just means dungeons on a timer. I explained the whole thing. Um, it's just dungeons on a timer with some neat mechanics. It's fine. Um, so we will be handling that. Uh, on Mondays. So everybody, I hope you have a great day. Um, We'll be back on Thursday for the EFG show. Um, And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. 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 Bye.